Welcome in to Your Retirement Untangled with Andrew Nida and Mo Param. Welcome to Asset Management Group, private client podcast. Andrew Nida, Moise Param here. Guys, hope you're doing well. Another week, another Friday, February the 3rd. 2023. I can't believe it, man. This, this, I say that probably every week. You guys are going to get annoyed at that. So I better stop <laughs> and swap it up. But it is crazy. It just keeps, you know, time goes. Oh, man. Hope everyone is doing well. And thank the Lord for sunny Friday mornings. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we're never going to get here. I'm it's been raining so darn rain. much. It started flooding Mo's house yesterday. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> that was the one day, the one time. One of my kids decides to do his chores. Our washing machine has a leak. That's he just awesome. goes about his business, which, which understandably, right? Just throws a load in there, goes upstairs and comes back and there is, comes downstairs and there's three literally inches of water, three inches of water. And a little bit of a current. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my oh. week has been not so bad, you know, just uh, continuing to to grind and to work and, of course, keep our heads up and mindful of all the changes that are happening out there. Boy, it's been a big week, uh, more so in the industry as a whole. You guys have probably noticed this. You've been impacted by it or seen it or whatever. But uh, So there's a few headlines of the week that need to be discussed. One of them was this morning. The other one was, what, yesterday. So uh, Ray Hikes, 25 basis points. That was kind of expected, though. Yeah. You know, I think that information was leaked. We talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, information was out there. I think you could get your hands on it. So 25 basis points, all the suckers that thought that they were going <laughs> to stop. Come on, man. He's not stopping hiking not. the rates, right? We, not. We're not going to, and we're sure not, not going to cut rates. There not was, yet. Not yet. Not yet. And there were some, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes good news could be bad news, but you know, his, 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 uh, at the meeting, he did say some really good positive things in my opinion. What right. was that? You know, so he did say that the uh, the central bank has acknowledged there's a slowdown in inflation. Uh, he did say the Russia and Ukraine uh, situation is no longer contributing to pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, he did say disinflation process is starting. Disinflation process is starting. It's starting. Yeah, yeah. He so, was one day off on 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 <laughs> one area that disinflation has not started. Job uh, reports. The job reports five, came out this right. morning. Five hundred. In 17,000? Is that right? Yeah, I think it's 517. Yeah. Most cheating. He he kept notes this morning and I did not. So <laughs> 517,000 uh, new they, jobs added in January, January compared to the estimate of like 180, somewhere around there. 180 plus thousand. Are you kidding me? Like, what a big miss. How do you miss it? Now, some people, you guys are going to say, well, you know, that that includes possibly seasonal workers or whatever. You don't think that's baked into the estimate? Come on. They should know that. That's a huge miss. Well, and so what that does, it creates additional questions. And and the question, the questions that are created from that would be, in my mind, obviously, that doesn't fare well for the expectation of interest rates uh, not being increased, right? Right. It may it sure makes it feel like we're going to go long into the year with continued increasing uh, interest rates or the Fed fund rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Powell's going to totally like be optimistic with this news and 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 excited about the news. But uh, I heard a I heard a guy say a commentary uh, uh, say this morning. I thought it was a very good question. Can uh, 
can available jobs increase, unemployment be one of the lowest levels it's been, 3.4%, mm-hmm. participation in employment be at, what, 63 64%. Can all that happen and we, we can actually expect inflation to go down? Is it possible? And in my, I mean, that, that's a tough, that, you know, you add one plus one, you're going to get two, right? You add right. those th- three things together. <laughs> Do you really think pricing of goods and pricing of services goes down? I would say um, I'm starting to shift from the perspective that I, I was thinking, okay, Powell really wants to see unemployment rise. 159 million active workers in the U.S. and at a rate of unemployment of 3.4%. There's been many, many people, analysts, economists, that have thrown out numbers of a 5% target for unemployment. I kind of bought, bought into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think it, it's a very uh, potential outlook and, and, and goal that the Feds could have. You know, that's a significant number, all right? We're talking about another two-plus million jobs lost. But but now I'm wondering if, like, really the focus is not necessarily uh, affecting available jobs as much as it is affecting wages. wages. Yeah, because, because well, that's going to affect inflation, right? So what if, what, what if the outlook is not, is not controlling unemployment? What if the outlook is saying, hey, we don't care how many jobs you have. You just ain't going to make as much money. And if you don't make as much money then if your wages don't go up, if in fact they, they go down, well, that directly affects your spending power, which directly affects the, the balance of the demand side of the uh, inflation issue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe, maybe that is the, the new scenario. Of course, it's, uh, it's ever-changing. Yeah, so, you know, some of the industries that, were, that hired at, at record levels were you know, leisure and hospitality, construction, manufacturing, retail, not a lot of industries with high wages. So maybe it, maybe it is that that connection between the wages uh, that Powell is really looking for, but I, th- I think these numbers and these reports that uh, that came out this week are basically saying that if you thought that he was going to stop, um, y- you might have been a little a little ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in some aspects, ahead. this might have given more fuel, which he shouldn't be ahead of the curve because he's been saying he's not. Yeah, for quite some time. Yeah. What about earnings this week? You got any news on that? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know some of the some of the uh, the the big tech. You know, Apple, um, Apple. You know, missed this this uh, their earnings uh, as well as Google. So uh, Apple said a revenue fell about five percent, um, especially from the headwinds of COVID for uh, the COVID lockdown and you know China protests. So that really definitely impacted uh, their. You know their revenue overall. Uh, Apple, Amazon had better better expected sales growth. Go ahead. I was speaking with um, uh, it wasn't it was not a client. It was a prospective client who had a higher allocation to Apple, and you know we were just kind of breaking down this past week. Actually, his 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 uh, family member is a client, and I was meeting with him, and we we did an analysis on the investments, and you know for you guys out there where we're holding, maybe maybe you're holding. Uh, exposure to a company stock that you brought over originally when you hired our firm and we're keeping it, you know, separate and, and keeping it what we call held in kind of as a legacy hold. Um, 
you know, you look at these types of companies, you say, okay, is it still worth holding that much exposure to one individual company stock? And he brought up a good point. You know, Apple is a company who, um, although, you know, they, they're what in the big tech sector, if you will, they're cat, they're caught up into that category. I feel like they're a little bit different though, than like the Google of the world or the Tesla of the world or the am, you know, a- Apple has a lot of, um, a lot of reoccurring revenue, mm-hmm. right? They have a lot of data that supports their target goals on earnings. Um, they, they, their service package is, is enhancing. So they have, a, you kind of have a good idea where Apple's going. But when you say Google, like you don't, sometimes you don't even know what Google does, right? <laughs> they're, they're in, they got their hand in everything. Yeah. You know, like you can track the production of, of Apple because you know exactly what they do. But I mean, I don't know. Any of you guys have Google Healthcare? Okay. What is that? <laughs> uh, okay. That was kind or of a Google note. phone. Yeah, um, feeling good. It's sunny outside. No, no, Google. Yeah, you are. You are feeling good because it's sunny outside. Uh, no, yeah, Google, you know, they. Uh, I think one of the things, you know, Google got into some trouble recently. Uh, Department, of, uh, Department of Justice is basically suing Google for their, you know, their, uh, their model. But in some aspects, that that could actually help them, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you start thinking about you know, most of Google or Alphabet's um, revenue is marketing and advertising. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really that's really where they could get a lot of their revenue from. And as companies start to you know trim the fat, start laying off, trying to find ways to to uh, you know kind of curb down their balance sheets in some aspects, they're still going to be advertising. And so they may just go back to the giants mm-hmm. and say, "Well, if I'm gonna, if I know I have to advertise, I know I have to. I'm not gonna go with, uh, I'm not gonna take a risk or a chance at some new service, some new product, some new advertising company that I'm not sure is going to work. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna stick with the staple that I know, like mm-hmm. Google. So I think, I think you know, um, they're." their dispute, I want to say, with the Department of Justice might actually play out in their favor. But, you know, they did lay off 12,000 employees in, in January. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, it's probably a drop. I, if you're one of the 12,000, it's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, it's, it's terrible. It's awful. But, but it's, you know, a drop in the bucket, I'm sure, to the amount of employees they have, you know. Um, okay. So, so obviously some headline news, things matter, and we're just, you know, you take it in, you move it, you consider it, and you keep moving forward. Um, We've made some changes this week we're going to get to, so you got to stay tuned for that. But real quick, I want to throw something out there uh, on one item of the Secure Act 2.0 that matters to clients. There's a lot of things that matter in the Secure Act 2.0 that we're going to continue to release to you guys. Um, but but there's a few things I just want to throw out there in today's, today's podcast. Number one, uh, if you are participating in a simple or a SEP, um, those plans now offer the potential for a Roth, uh, I'm going to call it a Roth sleeve, meaning that you should have the ability to control the contribution to a Roth simple, a Roth SEP, like you have been able to in a Roth 401k. Okay. So, so if you need to, you know, pump the brakes, if you are one that has any of those two types of retirement plans with your employer, pump the brakes, sign into your account, let our team know, we can help you. The question becomes, is a Roth 
option available? And if it is, should you consider it? We can help you out with that. Just pick up the phone, call the office, shoot a text to us. We'll knock it out for you. Um, the other one is required minimum distributions. Okay. So for clients that are uh, 70 years or older, okay, uh, you guys have all been in like this season of change for the past several years with this whole rule required minimum distribution. It used to be 70 and a half. Then it turned into 72 and now it is 73. Okay. And I know there's some confusion out here because uh, we had a, a, a client from Topeka reach out to us um, and she's actually turning 73 this year in 2023, but she fell subject to the required minimum distribution rule last year. for last year because she was 72 in the year that the rule was 72. Okay. And if that was the case and it was her case, um, the distribution had to happen last year for 72 or before April 1st of this year. And then of course, uh, she'll have to continue on going forward. Okay. So I would say that in general, if you've been getting a required minimum distribution, nothing changes for you. Okay. If you're not quite 73 yet and you don't turn 73 this year, right? then you're good to go. You're going to fall under the 73 year old rule. Okay. Which means that's going to push that down the road. And you may ask yourself, uh, you know, why in the world would the government desire to continue to defer when one has to take a distribution from their retirement account. Um, and, and it goes back to our desire to implement a good tax strategy because, because ultimately I think Mo and I think both that the government's play here is just, you know, if you're early seventies, you're probably at a lower tax rate environment than you're going to be, than your, than your, uh, beneficiaries will be at. Um, and so they're like, eh, you know, you're, you don't have to take the distribution if you don't want to. We're going to keep pushing that age requirement down the road. Yeah, and, and, and the why the beneficiary to these accounts really matter is because the Secure Act of 2020, so the original Secure Act, eliminated the stretch IRA. Mm -hmm. And so now any non-spouse that inherits a pre-tax account, um, like a 401k IRA, you know, 457, they have to – they no longer can stretch their RMDs over their lifetime. They have a 10-year time window – to literally distribute the entire account. And so you think about someone in there who's going to inherit a non-spousal account, generally speaking, it's probably in their you know, mid-50s, early 60s, coincides really with their highest income earning years, which also coincides with probably the highest tax bracket they've been in a while. So all of a sudden, this transition of, of, of assets gets hit at the worst possible time. You mm -hmm. literally have 10 years to make these distributions. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's, you know, I don't want to have my tin, tin foil hat on, right? But if there's, there's a reason why 72 has just been pushed to 73. Mm -hmm. And I think by, what, 2033, it gets pushed to 75? There's yeah. a reason. Yeah, there's a reason. So important to remember just some key facts there. Uh the next thing I want to mention is uh, check your email. I know last week we said that you're going to get an email. You said. Well, I did. <laughs> this is true. Just kidding. Um, I'm the most optimistic person you're going to meet. Every day is going to be a great day. And, and my uh, goal okay. is, to, is to get this out to I you guys. I you under the bus. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Mo. So I said that you're going to get this email, and you're probably thinking right now because you hadn't checked your email. <laughs> 
that they haven't sent it, but I did right before you got this podcast. So <laughs> check your email. Remember what it is, is it is a link to a Schwab website, Charles Schwab. Um, and it's going to start to give you some insight on the transition to Schwab throughout the year. Bookmark it on your computer. Make sure you just keep it close by. Of course, nothing to do today. We'll continue to to bring that news up to you later. So, yeah. And then, and then lastly, just a few minor changes. Uh, you might have seen some transactions this week. And so uh, we've put, uh, we're, basically, you know, we always will hold a little bit in some type of conservative or cash position. And so we've enhanced, you know, some of that exposure, added in a few other holdings, you know, just to target a, a little bit more of a modest return, four, four and a quarter percent on some of our safe money uh, with inside of your portfolios. And so, Mo, if you want to give them some insight on some what we're holding. Yeah, so it, you'll start, you should have seen some ETFs, uh, essentially in the U.S. Treasuries that with maturities somewhere in the one and seven year time frame. So names like... Uh, here we are. So names like, uh, you know, iShares, one to three year treasury, uh, S-H-Y-I-E-I, S-H-V, which is a iShares uh, short treasury bond ETF. You know, essentially the idea behind um, this strategy is, you know, we're, we're, look, we're looking at the current market environment that we're in right now. And there is a season where, you know, we feel like we can take a uh, little duration risk, optimize yield, and really have some of that safe cash earning some interest while we decide and while we see where the market um, really is heading consistently, right? We had a good run in the markets in January. Today, you know, looks a little shaky. Uh, and so it started off shaky. Started out real shaky. Started off shaky, and then I know the Dow uh, few is you know Dow's up, S and P, Nasdaq are down as we're recording right now. So you know this this it's this point of you know we don't want to overreact, but you know are certain are some of these levels consistent? You know can we keep certain cons- uh, some of these levels consistent over time, or are we looking at you know a really uh, a, a flash in the pan rally? So. While we're being a little, you know, uh, uh, I guess pro- we're being a little proactive in the sense of we're keeping this money on the sideline, but let us have it earn some interest while we decide how we're, and when we're going to execute rolling it into the market over time. Yeah. And of course, some, you know, we're putting that money to work consistently and getting it out there and getting it and uh, just getting it working as much as possible. I think that's the key. And you know, it's been, uh, once again, it's been a, a good January. February is off to a good start. But, you know, like we started the show with, there's some conflicting, some pretty conflicting data. Yeah. And, you know, the markets, it, it's, you know, it is what it is. You can't, you can't manage money on a day-to-day basis, right? You take the information in, you're looking for more consistent long trends. And, um, but of course, let me tell you, we, as much as anybody else, definitely appreciate uh, the breathing room in a good start to year 2023. So we'll keep grinding and keep working. And, and of course, if you guys have any questions at all, feel free to reach out and, uh, and listen, we're here for you. So uh, check your email for that uh, Schwab link, check it out. And of course, we hope you guys have an amazing, incredible weekend. Enjoy the sunny weather 
it was for sure if you're here in the south we know some of you guys are all over the country but if you're here in the south hopefully you're enjoying it because we've had nothing but rain so and don't forget to check out historic our historic <laughs> home 120 our historic home 120 love you guys be safe have a great weekend Investment advisory services offered through Asset Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Andrew Knight and Moise Param provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company or enter offered through Asset Management Group. By contacting Asset Management Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.